Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. <laughs> it's good to see every one of you who are, is not a member of our local church. Uh, but you come for these meetings, good to see you guys. And I hope the I hope the new year has started well for for you. How many of you have started the new year very well? Let me see your hands. Okay. How many of you your resolutions are beginning to they are beginning to bend one kind? <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I want to share something very dear to my heart with you this evening. I believe that um, it'll help you. It'll help you. It'll really help you. So, you know, before I start teaching, I, I, uh, a young friend of mine was telling me, he said, um, he said, every time I listen to your message, it's like I'm not doing enough. How many of you have that feeling? Do you have that feeling? Oh, really? Ah. Sorry? The person listening, not doing enough. Okay. All right. I think you only... You only say you have done enough when you meet the Lord. That's the only time you can tell. Because I, I don't know how much potentials you have. <laughs> Do you understand that? See, I, you see, you can't... I've not started teaching. I'll let you know when I start teaching. You, you can't tell who you are if you don't keep working on yourself. Praise God. So, um, never rest. If you rest, you have started going back. You can't catch your breath. You know the way it is. Say, let me just relax more. If you say, let me just relax more, you start feeling. <laughs> right? How many of you have done exercise before? You go to the gym. Okay, well, I, I don't go to the gym anymore, but I run in the morning. And uh, so I'll, I'll give you my typical routine, right? I wake up 4.30. It doesn't matter when I sleep. Yesterday, I slept by 2 a.m. I wake up, woke up 4.30. I pray for one hour. I pray to 5.30. Then I do exercise for 30 minutes. So by 6, I'm up. I have to get the kids ready for school. By 6.30, they've gone to school. I read for... So I have two books I read every morning. I read one chapter on this one, and I read one chapter of this one. So those two books are by my bedside. So by 7.30, I would have read for an hour, 20 minutes. So by the regular 7.30, people are getting up. I've had a full life cycle completed. Alright, then I go to bed again by 7.30 and I wake up by 8.30 and I get ready for office. So, um, if you don't put a strain on your talents, right, so I, I think I said that because I wanted to say something. So, so I run sometimes with my wife if she's available, if she's not. Then, some, I think the last week before that I just got tired. Man, ah, I was tired, I was tired. First day, tired. Second day, tired. Third day, tired. You know, tired increases. Right? Now, I'll tell you something. If, you, if you're doing something, right, and you don't do it, 
and for the first day, and the second day you don't do it, the tendency of doing it, not doing it the third day increases. The potential is higher. So regularly, if I run here, I run 15 times first lap, 15 times, so 30 times, okay? So I run, that's one, two. Now, after one week, I realized by the time I was done 10, I was getting tired. Now, what happens is if I did not stop, what will happen? 15, I'll still be running to 16. Do you understand? But when you stop, I'll just give you this and then we'll pray and start. When you stop anything, you are not starting from where you stopped. Do you understand? So you are not starting from, okay, this is where I stopped. No, you are actually starting from some paces back. Do you understand the example? Are you alive? Okay, let's pray. Let me pray, I'll help you. Let's pray. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and to get our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So I was saying this because I prayed. You understand better. Anything you stop doing, when you continue it, you don't start from where you stopped. By the time you want to start again, you've already lost some pace. That's why, but then, when you continue to do the right things, what, what happens is that you are strengthened the more. You are gaining ground. So, I'll give an example. Uh, what's the simplest exercise that people do? <laughs> you can't say push-up is simple now. Are you... Are you <laughs> <laughs> Were you born by a military man? Uh, walking. Okay, so no, let's, 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 let's say skipping rope. Okay? So, you know, if you skip 20 times, right? If you skip 20 times, and you do that every morning, right? If you stop, to get to 20 would be difficult. But if you do 20 every morning, to get to 25 becomes easier. So, consistency grants you momentum in life. Consistency grants you what? Momentum. So you must understand that. What consistency does is that it grants you momentum. So if you have been able to install certain habits into your life, endeavor that you don't stop them. Are you following this now? Alright. So this, this, today we're talking about something called bear your yoke when you are young. Bear your yoke when you are young. I like this topic. Ah, it's a good one. This particular phrase is found in Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 27. Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 27. So I'm going to read three translations of the Bible. Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 27. Let me read first of all the... Amplified translation. Okay. It says, let's read this now. You can leave. Okay. So leave this one. It is good for a man that he should bear the yoke of divine disciplinary dealings in his youth. It is good. You might choose to do it. You might choose not to. But the general scriptural advice is that it is good for a man to bear the yoke of godly discipline or um, 
divinely, what, what did he use now? Divine disciplinary dealings in his youth. It's a good thing. The CEV, the contemporary English version says, When we are young, it is good to struggle hard. When we are young, it is good to struggle hard. God's Word translation says, It is good for people to endure burdens when they are young. It is good for people to endure burdens when they are young. Is the New Living Translation that I like, the NLT. It says, And it is good for people to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline. It is good for a man to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline, personalized discipline. It's a good thing to be submitted to it at an early age. Think deeply on that scripture. And most of us seated here, some of us already wasted a huge part of our lives. You know, and sometimes, you know, when you are at a point in your life where you know that you wasted a lot of time. Some of you are just coming into this life. Some of you are just getting born again. Some of you were born again before, but, you know, your Christianity was mixed wine. Alright? Now you decided to get serious. You've lost a lot of time. You don't, you don't now have time anymore. So you, you're, you're conscious of that. You're conscious of that. You know, for some of us, the Lord enabled us very early. Um, something about to happen in our ministry, and my dad was asking me, and then I realized the first time, you know, I've been ordained two, twice in my life. The first time I was ordained as a pastor, I was 21 years old. I was 21 years old. I was my 211 university there. That's where my dad ordained me. As of 21, I already had assumed the responsibility of spiritual oversight over others. And some of you are 21, you, you, you didn't even know if you were alive. So you must understand that life is not waiting for you to get it right. It's moving. When you choose to get it right, then things align. You know, I was talking to an older man who came to visit me, way older than me, came to visit me in the house. He said something that, you know, I, it made my day that day. He said, before I came to church, it was almost like I was just living. There was no hope. There was nothing. I had money, but there was a void. He says, but coming to, to church, older man, way older than me, he says, but sitting and listening to you, there is a sense of purpose. I am glad that I met you. What a blessing that the words we share would bring hope to people's life. But the scripture says there is something called a yoke. What's a yoke? A yoke is a wooden cross piece that is fastened on the necks of, of two animals, right? So you know what a yoke is, right? So they bring two animals and then they put it across. We don't have a lot of pictures of it uh, in this place. But they put it so that the animals, you know, if you have animals plowing the field, right? There are two animals playing in the field. You know what their natural default will be. What will be their natural default? They'll just roll out. <laughs> and then you want to plant. So what a yoke does is to keep those two animals together so they can plow the field properly. See, let me tell you this. Don't, don't ever forget this. If you live your life to itself, it will be disastrous. 
Discipline harnesses your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what this, see, discipline is a yoke that you put on your neck so that you can plow your, the direction of your life, right? If you leave your life to yourself, you will not believe what you will do. I'm telling you, you realize that the whole of this year, you will slip it off. One book you will not read. To serve God, you will not serve God. You will have multiple girlfriends all over. You will not believe yourself. You know, there are girls that will give themselves to you free. They will even be buying things for you to love them. Don't ever trust your life to be let alone. Have a system of discipline. Have a system of accountability. Are you following what I'm telling you now? He says, it is good if you choose. Take it. If you do not, leave it. He says, but it is good that you bear your yoke. You see one translation. It says, it is good for people to endure burdens when they are young. God's word. Endure burdens. Certain burdens have to be endured at your youthful age. The disciplines you learn today will not be a struggle tomorrow. Reading is never a struggle to me. It's never. It can never be. It's never a struggle to me. Why? It's something I learned quite early. Are you following this? Let me tell you, for some of you that know me before, right? Because I'm changing every day. Alright? Those of you that know me, you know I don't like dogs, right? So those that you know, you know I don't like dogs. Eh? So if I tell you now that I look after dogs, would you be surprised? Eh? You'll be surprised. But you know what I've told myself? There is nothing I cannot discipline myself to do. So when I realize that, well, it is important that I have to... Okay, so let me, let me backtrack. So let me even use it to teach some of you men who are doing relationship matters. So every, every year I read two or three books on marriages. And I realized that one of the areas where... My wife was being burdened a lot, was looking after the dogs because I really don't touch them. I don't go near them. And I was like, yo, that's an area I need to help. So, and I don't like dogs. So, I'm very logical in my change. So, what I did, I went. I read over 200 pages of materials on dogs. Studied first because the first place of change is the mind. So, I read, 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 read. Changed my confession. Changed my mind. <laughs> now, I love dogs. That's why I tell you that there's nothing like falling in love. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I can bring the worst person in this world. And you say, I don't like this person. And it's simple. I'll just tell you, talk to this person every day. Don't talk about love. Don't talk about relationship. Just talk. You guys talk about anything. Talk about grass. Talk, talk about cow. Talk about anything. Keep doing that over a period of six months. Your feelings will follow your communication. That's why you ask yourself sometimes that how did this person see this person? And you ask yourself that what, how did, what did you see? It's not what they saw, it's what they heard. Your heart follows communication. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why you realize that some girls say, I didn't even want to marry him the first time he talked to me. How many of you have had that experience? But what happened is the man just kept communicating. He wasn't talking relationship. How are you? 
How's your eye? How's your head? How are you? How's your eye? <laughs> I'm giving some of you formula. Eh? How's your eye? How's your eye? How's your... After a while, say, my eye is okay. My eye is okay. My eye is okay. The heart has melted. So it's the principle of communication. Now, let me tell you something. That's how you change your heart to fall in love with your dreams. Talk about your dreams all the time. Talk about your future all the time. Have a picture of your future. Are you following what I'm saying? Your heart and your body will follow the direction of your communication. That's why if you say you can't do something, your body will never be able to get into it. That's why I say you can't study a subject, your mind will never wrap itself around it. The first place you break any barrier is through the words that are communicated to your heart. So you need to hear yourself. Say your dreams all the time. Are you following this? So, that's how you adjust. That's how you learn new things. You feed yourself. And because of that, when I teach, I read quite a lot when I teach. I mean, <laughs> try yesterday night, I was reading about snakes. Because I was teaching wisdom from the serpents. You know. This information is there. You've got to discipline yourself. Where do you have the time? If it's important to you, you will find the time. That's just it. Nobody has all the time. But if it is important to you, what will happen? You would find the time. So, the yoke is the harness of discipline. The yoke is the harness of discipline. Alright? Uh, I'll give you another example. You know, I, I used to be afraid of flying. Okay, this one I used two, two methods. I used I, I, I use scriptures. But I used to be afraid of flying. I used to be afraid of heights a lot. I don't like climbing up when I see something here. So the first time I flew, oof, was terrific. So generally because I also don't like heights. I don't sit by the window. I sit also because of my legs, so I can stretch my legs. But I got, uh, then I got materials and I read about how the airplane is produced. I read about how you know, just read a few things about flights and realized that flight is one of the safest mode of transport. Alright? <laughs> you ask one of my friends one time, say, when is a plane safe? He say, when is land, when it's on the ground? <laughs> that man doesn't, doesn't joke. <laughs> he say, when it's on the ground, you know? So I read about that and of course had scriptures and had confession. What I'm trying to say is that anything that's an obstacle to you today, as far as you can read, and you can feed yourself on the word of God. You can overcome it. If you choose to. Because some people don't really want to overcome something. They say, oh, I want to. But they still like it. That like is the hook. But if you really want to learn something. really want to renew your mind. you really want to get better. The word of God and the Holy Spirit. And materials that are available. Would help you. That is part of the things you have to endure. Renewing your mind. Disciplining yourself. Changing your perception of things. Alright. Now, Professor David Murray, Professor of New Testament, said this. He says, your, your youthful age is characterized by four things. It's energetic, it's sensitive, it's teachable, and it's dangerous. It's, just, it's your energetic year. So you have a lot of energy. Eh? That says anything youth, you want to jump. Right? Sensitive. Your youthful age is very sensitive. Okay? So if you have a lot of bad experiences, it can create hearts. Then it's teachable. You can learn a lot of new things. Alright? At this age, you can learn a lot of new things. Learn music, learn stuff. Hmm? And it's also very dangerous. If it's not handled well, your youthful age 
will endanger you. So you have to manage it properly. Right. You have to manage it properly. And, and I've always told you something here in this church. Time is not far. You know, I was coming and then Samir was telling me, ah, so you mean our president, uh, Mr. Barari, have done eight years? I said, ah, yes. Next time we'll make it eight years. Remember when he entered? We're like, ah, eight years is long. It's just here. Right? It's the same thing. That future you are looking like, like it's very far. You will sit down here one day and realize your children are running behind you. And the ushers are now telling your children, sit in one place. You just realize. You just wake up and realize it has happened. Are you following what I'm saying? So, so don't, don't, you know, have you watched slow motion before? Life doesn't go on slow motion. Don't think that life is just grinding, waiting for you. Then when you are serious, it will kickstart. No, it's on motion. It's on motion. So that's why it's important that you understand the power of discipline. The life you live in the future is 100% determined by your discipline in the present. So your future is your discipline in the present. Right? So your discipline last year is what produces the future today. How many of you were not reading a lot before? But probably after hearing me coming to this place and hearing a couple of messages you started reading. Let me see. Alright, you see that? That's an improvement. So what that means is that you have the capacity to even become a better reader. Do you understand that? So is, that means there's more. And there are other areas where you need to develop also. So, your discipline, your discipline, the world is not a disciplined world. It's not. If you go to sit in an office, except it's a very good office, if you go and sit in an office, the magazines they have there are entertainment magazines. You can go to an office and sit down, and then they have women's magazine with tailoring stars on the table. Hmm? Or gossip magazines. They are not educational. Nothing wrong with women stuff, but I mean, that's not what you want to read at that time. Hmm? Look at your social media. Right? Look at everything around us. It's not geared towards making you productive. So if you want to go be productive, you have to go against the stream. You have to go against the stream. Because the default of human beings is mediocrity. Anything that makes you show a bit of seriousness, people say you are too serious. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say you are too serious. Some people say, why are you even coming back? Did you not go to church? Is that one message not enough? Then you hear one message for one hour and you hear for the rest of the week all kinds of music. All kinds of movies. Eh? So, it's ratio 80 to 20%. What 20%? All kinds of things, 80%. So you have to constantly fill yourself with the word of God. Alright? So, so it's self, take down this quote. Self-discipline is the ability to make yourself do what you should do, when you should do it, whether you feel like it or not. Self-discipline is the ability to make yourself do what you should do, when you should do it, whether you feel like it or not. That word feel, eh? that word, I don't feel like, I feel like, <laughs> you must handle that word with care. That's the root of danger in the youthful age. 
Self-discipline is the ability to make yourself do what you, what you should do, when you should do it, whether you feel like it or not. So, I am supposed to do this. I don't feel like it, but I have to get it done. I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to stand. I'm supposed to read. I'm supposed to pray. Right? Oh, I don't feel like it. Hey, make yourself do it. That's discipline. That's discipline. That's where discipline comes in. Are you following this now? So, it, discipline, self-discipline is the ability, the ability to make yourself do what you should do when you should do it at the time you should do it, whether you feel like it or not. Is there a time for you to get something done? Get it done. Are you following this now? Come on, I said, are you following this now? That's what self-discipline is. The ability to make yourself do it. Because at this age, and I'll talk, talk to you about that, at this age, nobody can shout on you. Right? I mean, do you think somebody can come to your house and say, why are you not reading? Nobody can do that. In fact, if anybody does that, you get angry. So, the, the key in this age is, what can you make yourself do? That is the, that's the key in this age. What can I make myself do? Do you think, as a pastor of this church, right, and with the little God is using us to do, you think it's easier to be disciplined or to be, to be, what's that, to just be laid back? I can be laid back. <laughs> I can be laid back. Because, you see, when it comes to books, eh, I have read, you know, Paul says sometimes, he says, let's be foolish for a while. When it comes to book, I have read. Eh? I can rest in that. But you know that's not progress. Hmm? That's not progress. So, what can you make yourself do? What can you make yourself do? That's, that's a big question at this age. Is it just entertainment? Is it just fun? Or you can make yourself do the right thing. That's where your yoke is. And it says it's good. Because when you learn it at a very young age, it'll help you. Some of the things we're struggling with in our adult age are things we did not learn when we were young. Didn't learn to read. They just left you like that. You only read for exams. You know, there are people like that. Anytime they carry books, so when I get exams, say yes. That's just it. Anytime they hold book, they know it's for exam. So by the time they finish school, there was no personal development. So it's a struggle now. Some people never have spent money on books. So to buy books is a problem. You know, some people just walk past the bookshelf, they look at it. Hi, I'd have loved this book. How much? One thousand. <laughs> And they walk past it. That same person would buy things worth more than that. There are authors that I have their works, all the books they have written. I, I have it in some places in my shelf. All the books the person has written. Serve it here. Several authors, some key authors that I study. It's discipline to take money and buy a material in the area you are struggling. It's discipline. Oh, I'm struggling with time management. I buy a book on time management. Not to decorate my shelf. 
to read it so I can make adjustments. Are you following this? Look at this keyword. The ability to make yourself do something. This your body eh, is not, does not want you to excel. Your mind does not want you to excel. That's why you don't think good thoughts by nature. Paul had to tell them, say, whatsoever is pure, think on these things because I know what you are thinking. That's the truth. People don't naturally think good thoughts. Are you following? People don't naturally think good thoughts. The natural thought is evil. So you have to now discipline your mind to think good thoughts. I can be teaching here and I make a statement which... You know, for me, it's really not, it's just a statement I want to make. Your mind can say, oh, it's because I came to the office to see him. You know, your mind is now going to think, you have to now bring it back and say, no. Whatever is of praise report and everything. By nature, your body doesn't want to wake up early. Do you think your body wants to wake up early? No, you don't want to wake up early. Wants to wake up at any time. Your body wants to wake up and go back to bed. Hmm? <laughs> or you think after you leave here, you feel like praying for two hours. Lie. So I just want to go back. And maybe watch a movie or something. There's no, see, let me tell you something. There's nothing wrong with those things. Right? Let me tell you something to do. Just schedule them. Do you understand? On Saturday, social time, I will watch two movies. Put it as part of your life. Don't, don't let it guide you. Put it there. Oh, I'll, you know, put it as part of your schedule. It have a time where you have those things. They are not out of place. I remember over the holidays, <laughs> I told myself I was going to watch three movies. So usually I wanted to watch a documentary. I wanted to watch something about the Roman Empire. So uh, then I watched something. Ah, and then I was watching this thing. I was watching. Ah, I looked at the TV. I looked at the time. Looked at the time in the movie. I said, no way. I can't sit in front of the screen like this. Just, it's just by nature. It's just by nature. But if I had a book, I could spend the time reading the book. So what you train yourself for is what your body would like. Pleasure is what you have trained yourself to like. You know there are people who like to gym. Right? They go in the evening. Have you, you have boys like that in your area. Those bare chairs. Just carry, and, you, and you are like, what do they enjoy? And you know, if they don't do it, they just feel something is wrong. They have trained themselves that way. You haven't trained yourself. You see that thing like, wow. 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 They feel like, wow, man, this is fun. So, you must understand that the success point of your life is your mind. What have you trained yourself to enjoy? Have you trained yourself to enjoy prayer? Have you trained yourself to enjoy reading? Have you trained yourself to enjoy studying? What yoke have you placed on your mind at a very tender age? Are you following this? Come on, I said, are you following this? Failure is nothing more than the inevitable outcome of a few small acts of daily neglect performed consistently over time so that they take you past the point of no return. Failure is nothing more than the inevitable outcome. I like that. Inevitable outcome of a few small acts 
of daily neglect, daily neglect, observe that, performed consistently over time so that they take you past the point of no return. The summary is this. Failure is those little, little hmm, neglects, daily neglects. You now do it consistently until it overpowers you and takes you to the point of no return. Before you realize you're not reading anymore. Before you realize you're not praying anymore. Praise God. Set a time, we'll talk about that, to pray. Pray in tongues. You are setting your future. <laughs> Don't leave prayer to chance. I've prayed when I didn't feel like hmm? Sometimes, especially in this moment, I pray in tongues. Once I, just, I just pray in the Spirit. I just pray in the Spirit. I'm ranking up hours. Ranking up prayer hours. Of everything you have achieved, you are not yet 10% of your potential. Everything. As you are now, you have not scratched 10% of who you really are. Not many people even get to 10% of their life's potential. Because the whole race is mediocre, right? So once somebody does a little extra, he just looks, you know, you can look at me and say, man, my pastor can't teach, wow, ooh, hey, ooh, my pastor can't teach. You realize that people wrote Bible commentary. Huh? People like me sat down and wrote commentary on the Bible. When, if I'm teaching, I'll have to go and read their commentary. Then I will now say, I have read. What I'm saying I have read was what another man wrote. Do you understand? What I'm using to teach that I do, wow, wow, a man like me sat down and wrote it. It's what he wrote that I read that you are doing wow for. How, what will you now say of the man who wrote it? Matthew Henry wrote a whole commentary, Phoenix Dix wrote a whole commentary. Then I read it, you are doing wow. What about the man who wrote it? How much wow will he get? Hmm? We just see him and fall at his feet and worship him. What I'm trying to say is that we have not even gone half of our potentials. You know, I've written 13 books. Is it 13 now? Maybe 12 or 13 books. Right. But you know, I'll write 100 books. So I have maybe like 80 something on something left to say, right? Because there are a lot of books on my inside. Thoughts, what's this? What have we been talking about in church? Thought pattern for a successful life. Yeah, that 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 would be a book. Surely it would be a book. But it might remain a message. What's the key? The ability to make myself right. So God gives you the talent. The conversion of the talent is your responsibility. That's where men fail. None of you seated here this evening looking at me is a failure. By destination, as far as you're born again, success is already programmed into your spirit. Do you have the discipline to convert it? That's where the challenge is. Even if it's demons that are after you, the authority to overcome demons have been given to you. Will you use it? <laughs> are you following this? Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. Let's look at this. 
Failure is nothing more than the inevitable outcome of a few small acts of daily neglect performed consistently over time so that they take you past the point of no return. Daily neglect. If you want to build discipline into your life, understand the power of a day. The power of one day. Tomorrow is Monday. What are you going to do with it? Understand the power of one day. That 30 minutes exercise, that 30 minutes prayer, that 30 minutes writing, are you following what I'm saying? Daily plug it in. If you are called to be a writer, 200 words every day, put it in. 100 words every day, put it in. That daily act is the key. It's not the big acts that will make you successful, it's the daily acts. The daily things you do. Now, let's go to Proverbs chapter 21. I hope I can finish this. Let's go to Proverbs 21 and verse 25 to 26. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 21. You know why this is exciting is you can see yourself creating your future by God's word. Proverbs 21, verse 25 to 26. It says, The desire of the sluggard, the word sluggard there is lazy. The desire of the sluggard puts him to death. For his hands refuse to work. All day long he is craving. Huh? He has desires. He has wishes. He has dreams. You know how many of us have desires to go to to go on vacation? Go to those islands. Hmm? Bahamas or Maldives or Seychelles, Mauritius or Zanzibar. Hmm? Not uh, Finima Beach. <laughs> I don't know if you have all those dreams. Hmm? Let's go to Maldives. That dream can put you to death if your hand refused to work. That's what the Bible is saying. Eh? For you can have these big dreams and you're like, ah, life is no balance. Life is no balance. And depression comes in. High blood pressure. Because you have big dreams. But if your hands work, your hand can get to those dreams. It says, the desire of the sluggard put him to death. For his hands refuse to walk. That means your desire must be backed up by the ability for your hands to work. If you desire a great life, then you must work hard. Come on, are you here? If you desire a great life, then you've got to work hard. If you want to be great, you must work harder. The desire of the sluggard puts him to death. For his hands refuse to walk. All day long he's craving. Just daydreaming. I wish. I wish. <laughs> There's work to be done. So you have to, you have to put your hands to work at a very early age. You have to put your hands to work. 
That's why when you get into a relationship, it must be a relationship that aids your future. Hmm? It's not just a relationship that satisfies your emotions. Because your emotions don't bet your future. Praise God. Hmm? Like my lovely brother and sister that just got married. You know, after like one year of marriage, the conversation is changing now. Right? I mean, the love is fresh. Everything is there, but the conversation is now, hey, how do we plan for the children? It has changed from, hey, I miss you. Have you eaten? It's not like, no, you can't eat everything. Save small. You, I'm telling you, am I right? The conversation has changed. To what now? Future. So you realize, this is what happens. People are single. They want to get married. They want to get married. They want to get married. And then they get married. And it's, oh, then the conversation again gets back to the future. Are you following? So that's just a stopgap. Because every human being is yearning for a great future. So immediately you get married, you now have a partner. The next conversation is the future. Either through the children or through whatever you want to do. You're back again to discussing the future. That's why if you have the wrong partner, then it becomes a problem. Because there are some partners who don't want to get into the future. They want to stay in the present. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? Alright, so... He says, the desire, let's read it again. The desire of the sluggard puts him to death, for his hands refuse to work. All day long, he is craving. So don't have a desire that's not backed up with work. What, that's why in life you cannot desire many things. You have to find out what are the key things in my life that I want to become. And then you put in the work where that is concerned. Because anything that you desire that you are going to birth in this life would require a corresponding amount of work. Praise God. Whether it's understanding the Bible, it will require you to study the Bible. Whether it's becoming good in your career, it will require your study. Whether it's becoming the best accountant in Nigeria, Amen. It's a lot of work. You have to study. You have to read. Whether it's becoming the best lawyer, you have to read. You have to study. Praise God. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 1. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 1. Look at this. It says... Ecclesiastes 12, 1. Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth. It says, Before the evil days come and the years draw near, when you would say, I have no delight in them. It says, Remember. It says, Remember your Creator in the days of your youth. He says, before the evil days will come and the years draw near, when you would say, I have no delight in them. Everything today that is exciting you, the day will come when you say, hey, 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 I have no delight in this. He says, so remember your creator, so that with your creator, you can map out the things to be involved with. Let me read um, the New Living Translation for you. It says, do not let the excitements of youth curse you 
to forget your creator. Look at it. Do not let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him in your youth before you grow old and you say, life is not pleasant anymore. Can you see that? Hey, did you see that? Did you see that? It says, let the, don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Exciting times. He said, hey, don't let it for because a time will come when you say, hey, life is not pleasant anymore. After sometimes when you talk to some old people, they don't see anything in life. It's not pleasant. Because with they did not build their future with God at a very early age. You have the privilege, you have the benefit. Rather, you know, like David, you say, when I'm old and gray-headed, do not forsake me until I show your power to the next generation. There's something in your heart that God, you would have built with God, you would have worked with God, that, that, that helps you to appreciate old age. You're looking forward to something to give to the next generation. You're looking forward to impart the next generation. He says, don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him in your youth before you grow old. Do that. That's the yoke. The yoke of spiritual discipline. What does it take to serve God? What does it take to be committed to God? It doesn't take much. It just takes your discipline. Hmm? Just takes your discipline. The Amplified says, Remember thoughtfully also your Creator. In the days of your youth, for you are not your own, but His. Before the evil days come, or the years draw near, when you say of physical pleasures, I have no enjoyment and delight in them. He says, remember your creator. Because the days are coming. You know, when you're young, at this age, oh, it's all about physical pleasure. It's all about what we can get. Oh, what can make us excited. That's all. The, our dominant conversation in this age grade, that's all, it, that's all it's, it's about. says, but remember your creator. Because the days are coming when you say, I have no pleasure in them. Hmm? Have you heard married people? Sometimes when they quarrel and they want to break up, they don't say, what's making you quarrel? See, he says he does not want to have sex with me. For the last one month, we have not had sex. That's the same person that they were chasing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, go and ask people now. And then he has a man, man said, I don't have time. I'm thinking about school fees. Say, no, you will have time. Say, no, I don't have time. No, you will have time. And that's the quarrel. Eh? And meanwhile, when they were young, now the, the age has drawn near. Say, I have no pleasure in it. You see, when the Bible speaks, listen. If you live by the word, you would always be wise. Are you following this? If you live by the word, you would always be wise. You see, when I look at life, and, and, and I think of this all the time, and I, sometimes I look at my friends, I look at people I grew up with, and I said, what's the difference maker? What's the di- what makes the difference? Why is it that after a while, certain people grow up together, and, and after a while, some people are living a good life? They're living an impactful life. They're living a purpose-driven life. And some other people don't have a clue. What's the difference? Two things I've found out the difference is how they serve God and how they discipline their life. 
That's the two things. A lot of the things you're doing right now might not make meaning, but they are great investments in your future. As you read, as you study, as you follow the word of God, it will look like, ah, am I wasting my life? No, you're not. Rather, you're investing for your future. You're investing for the brightness of your future. See, many years ago, I'd go after books, I'd go after materials, I'd read, I'd pray. You know, it looks like, ah, what am I even doing? You know, sometimes, literally, I'll ask myself, I hope I'm not going mad. I'll read books, I'll buy books, I'll read books. Many years down the line, I look back, and those disciplines have formed the future. Those disciplines have formed the future. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 10 says something. It says, therefore, Ecclesiastes 11.10 It says, therefore, remove what? It says, so remove grief and anger from your heart and put away pain for your body because childhood and the prime of life are fleeting. It says, childhood and the prime of life are fleeting. You think that you'll be a child forever. You think that you'll be a youth forever. But before you know, that face has passed. It's fleeting. It's gone. Are you following this? This stage that you are in, it's not forever. It's a fleeting face. Hmm? He says, look at it. He says, childhood and the prime of life or the youthful age. He says, they're fleeting. They pass away like this, just like this. If you look back and remind yourself when we were in secondary school, and you felt like, ah, when I get to university, now you go to university. Ah, when I get to job, now you are working. Hmm? It's fleeting, just like this. Splitting, just squeak. Don't think you'll be like this forever. <laughs> yeah? You know, I used to always make this joke that my grandmother was once the most beautiful girl that my grandfather ran after. Have you ever thought of that? I mean, that's deep revelation. That one time your grandfather did everything to woo your grandmother. Hmm? That's the fleeting stage. So that stage has to be handled very carefully. That stage has to be handled very carefully. So that it can bet the future that you desire. So that it can bet the future that you want. So that it can bet the future that you're praying about. Everybody's praying for a bright future. But how many people are actively working for it? How many people are actively uh, imputing themselves the yoke that will get them there? You know, we all talked about this year. Oh, wow, what a year it will be. Now we are in the year already. Days are gone. And before you know, it's the end of the year. What, what would you have made of it different from other years? 
Praise God. Now, let's go to Luke chapter 2. Show you something here. Verse 52. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. I want you to pay attention to that verse. Pay attention to that verse. Jesus, talking about Jesus, was increasing in wisdom. Look at that word, kept increasing. That's why I asked you a question before. You know, when you listen to me, do you feel like, I'm always making you feel like you... And yeah, that's how it should be, because you should keep increasing. Jesus kept increasing. In wisdom, underline wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and favor with man. I want to talk to you about four areas. You must apply discipline and bear your yoke while you're young. Four areas. That you must apply discipline and bear your yoke while you're young. The first one is the area of wisdom. Wisdom is the area of wisdom. How do you get wisdom? First of all, through the word of God. He says, by your commandments, you have made me wiser than my teachers. Four areas you need to discipline yourself. Wisdom. He says, by, my, by your commandment, you've made me wiser than my teachers. Remember what you read? Huh? In Ecclesiastes chapter 11, he says, remember your creator when you're young. He says, because the days are coming where you would say, I have no pleasure in these things. The very things that are pleasure points for the young person, a day will come that will not be pleasure points anymore. Think of it. Think of it. A day will come that will not be pleasure points anymore. But look at this. Jesus kept increasing in wisdom. He didn't stop. He kept increasing in wisdom. Number one, how do you get wisdom? The Word of God. The Word of God. Number two, through books. Through books. Now, I want to say something about books. Right? Let me tell you. Because I need to clarify that. Buying books does not mean you are wise. It means you have taken a step towards wisdom. You have to read those books and apply them. You know, there are people who have books that have the answers to their problem that they haven't read. How many of us have books that we haven't read? Eh? That were bought five years ago. So what are, they, what are you doing? It's not the accumulation of books. It's the discipline to read. Go to your shelf tonight. Pick those books. Sit down and read them. Sit and read Oh, I don't have time. Reduce your sleep and read. Because this is it. This is the time. You think it's when you have a baby you would have time? Or when you have a wife that you have time? Hmm? Certain times you want to read. Your wife says, I cannot sleep alone. I cannot sleep alone. 
And you want to you now hold whole book in one hand and I put I say drop the book if you care about me. You will not drop it's gone. I mean it's gone. You can't read again. Say if you care about me, is it book? Is it I mean if you marry some of the the wise ones, they say choose between book and me. I mean, how can you now go and tell your father in law that you chose book? Are you following? So sometimes you have to read, you know, stay with your wife, she goes to bed, then you sneak and go and read it just to catch up. So the scripture says, Now that you are alone, be wise. Read. I've always read. I've always read. <laughs> You know, sometimes when I think of these things I read, I just ask myself, what are you looking for? When we had our first son, we were thinking of doing family planning. And I didn't like all the effects of, you know, something, you know, all the stuff. You take this one, this one, we do this. And I said, no, there must be something about this. And I studied what you call the, the Billings method of um, Billings method of uh, family planning, which is a natural family planning method. I read that thing. I printed materials and read it. We've been married for 13 years. We don't use any medical family planning method. We won't have another child. Just natural. I read it until I became certified. <laughs> we spent we spent our two kids with it. There's nothing on my body. There's nothing on my body. Not, I read it. Protect, bring the graph. This is how your body will feel at this time. This is how it will be at this time. This is how it is. If somebody that wrote the book, I can understand it. I'm not done. What am I trying to say? You are using less than you can. I'm not saying that you have six children. No? <laughs> because that's where discipline now comes. It's not that when you now say, the man is not saying, but you feel like, say, forget, I paid your bread price. You would have children more than you. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? But what I'm saying is that, see, there are knowledge available for you. You want to get married. You haven't read marriage books. You don't know anything about women. The only thing you know about women is school gists. Say, women like money. See, hmm? I'm getting it. <laughs> so you now marry all you know is just money. Your wife is angry. You throw money at her. She's she's angry. Something to discuss. You go and buy gifts. You know some people are just like that. They just feel with money. They have solved everything. And the woman is crying for something else. No knowledge. And we men, we have to do better. Eh? Because all we know about women is either we learn from our friends or we stumbled on pornography. So those are the two teachers. Two evils. Not the word of God. Not proper books. Hmm? So you have to deliberately get the word of God. Learn again. So you that like to go out to people that don't like to read, you become experiments of all the things the man has watched. So you have to make sure the person you're going out with like to read. I mean, it's amazing. Sometimes we give people who come from my counseling books. They, they say, I'm not the reading type. I said, is it blood, blood type? Nobody is the reading type. Nobody, none of us was born the reading type. We had to do what? Make ourselves read. Nobody was born disciplined. Everybody was born without discipline. So you go there. Right? Deep learning. You go for deep learning. 
That's, that's why I brought that example of the family planning. Deep learning. You are not just reading books for casual knowledge. You study. You read. Huh? You study. Oh, this issue. What? Let's, let's get into it. You get solid materials. Not just internet blog written by some cheap people. Solid materials. Proven materials. Research materials. And you read. You dig deep into it. You study. So it's called deep learning. It's not just casual reading of books. I've read this one. This book, I've read this. this one. When they look at your life, there's no one line of each of those books that is happening in your life. Are you following what I'm saying? So it's not just reading, it's deep learning. Then you have to engage with mentors. Let me go quickly. My time is gone. Uh, where am I here? Luke chapter 4, verse 16, quickly. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. As was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. So Jesus always went to the Sabbath. Uh, to the synagogue to read. Luke chapter 2, verse 46, quickly. 2 46. Then, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, but listening to them and asking them questions. At a very tender age of 12, Jesus was engaging people in asking questions, sitting at the feet of mentors to learn. Mentors are your shortcut to success. You sit at the feet of mentors. You ask questions and you listen. You don't do all the talking. One idea, one suggestion, one book your mentor will give to you, one recommendation will set you on the path of success. And you, you, you go and interact. Twelve. What do you think twelve year old those times were doing? What, what do you think they'll be doing? Playing around. But he was bearing his own yoke. You can also choose to play at this stage or you can choose to bear your yoke. And, I, and none of us here is a small child though. That's the truth. None of us here is small. Like my friend who said, we're already late to the party. Eh? You know that if you look at your level of ignorance and what you need to learn and how old you are, you know that sleeping is even a luxury. When you check what you don't know, what you need to know, and the time lasts where that knowledge needs to be bridged. Some of you are already married. Right? So, the next phase is children. They just realize that, ah! I don't know. <laughs> your purpose is there. Your assignment is there. Your career is there. That's why you can't get involved in many things. And you know, it's a very stringent life. And that's what people don't want. People want to have the luxury of entertainment and still reap the benefits of education. Hmm? They want the luxury of entertainment and reap the benefits of education. We want to do play. Right? And then our life will still turn out where what God cannot do does not exist. That's how we want our life to play out. <laughs> okay, let's go on. Daniel chapter. Uh, so, in interacting with mentors, I'll go very fast now because I want to finish this in like 10 minutes. In interacting with mentors, you keep your heart. Proverbs 4.23, with all diligence, for out of it are issues of life. So, when you read, you are creating your future because you're pouring substance into your heart. And out of that heart, you create your future. Yeah, right. Out of that heart, out of your heart, you create your future. So, by investing in wisdom, you are building your future. The first place your future is built is in your heart. That's the first place it's built. It's in your heart. Now, when that future is built in your heart, out of your heart... Your life will come forth. So as you study the word of God, as you study proven materials, what will happen? 
You're building your life. I, I, and I, I, usually tell, I usually say this, right? With the little level of discipline you have, look at where your life is. What about if you would just improve a bit more? Daniel 9.2 I, Daniel, understood by books. Daniel 9.2 I, Daniel, understood by books. So Daniel understood by books. First Timothy 4.13 Paul says, till I come, give attention to reading. Till I come, give attention to reading. Second Timothy 4.13 Sorry, I'm going fast. Second Timothy 4.13 Paul told Timothy, say, bring the parchments. How can a man be in prison? And part of what he's asking for, he didn't ask for food. He said, bring books. Was an addicted reader. Go back home tonight, look at your chair, and say, I will read, I will read, I will read. And pick the books and read. Oh, what a beauty if you have developed that art. Your children will pick it up quickly. You won't encourage your children to read. I never encourage any of my children to read. Like, oh, yeah, you guys have to read books. No. You know, sometimes. My kids come to my office and say, I want to take books. I have to encourage them, go and read school books. Zara's own is worse. When you give her food, she'll carry a book. She'll read and be eating gradually. Read, read them. A few days ago, I saw her typing on the computer. So I said, What are you typing? She said, She's writing a storybook. Naturally, if you are reading, your children will pick up reading. If you are not reading, your children will not pick up reading. If you want your children to read, you start now. Because when they see you every time, you cross leg in front of the television. That's what they will also do. They will just cross leg there. It's simple. There are certain things that just by leaving them, you know what? Your children will pick them up. So if you want to avoid all these messages we are preaching, you know the same thing I've been teaching you for the last two years. I have not still read can imagine how long it's taking for you to come to the consciousness, come to the consciousness and then to apply it. Discipline is not cheap. It's tough. Because you are already used to a certain kind of life. But if you pick it up, your children naturally will pick it up. They'll grow up to meet a functional library. And then they'll start reading from that your library. They will start from where you stopped. And a new generation that God can use to change the world will be better. Don't transfer this ignorance that you picked from your grandparents. Don't pass it on. Let it stop with you. There are certain things in your life you should tell yourself, this stops with me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know these, uh, you know, you know some things you call dreams now are what some people are just working on. They are, they are not normal plane. That's their normal life. Your dream is their normal life. You tell yourself, my kids will be different. My family will be different. This is the vision. This is the goal. And I'll discipline myself and pay the price so that I can create a brand new future for the seeds that are coming. So this thing called generational lack and poverty and failure stops in this line. I cross the line. You pay the price for it by discipline. Jesus had already paid the price to set you free. You pay the price to exercise that right. Are you following this now? Come and talk to me. Are you following this now? Number two, stature. The Bible says Jesus grew in stature. Hmm? Oh, thank you, Lord. Look at this. Discipline in your health. Huh? Your body is the container of your purpose. Regardless of what you want to achieve in this world, if this body fails, you can't. So discipline your body. Are you hearing this? Hmm? Stop eating junk. 
Indomie in the morning, Indomie in the afternoon, Indomie in the evening, super pack in the morning, hungry man size in, at night. When you change the, the paper bag, you think you have changed the, the, the content inside. Value your body, rest, exercise. Some of you do no iota of exercise because your work is sedentary. You sit in the office from morning to evening, come back home, eat, sleep, sit, no form of exercise. Why don't you take a walk some evening? Why don't you jog? Why don't you look for something? Walk on your body. Jesus grew in stature. Look after your body. It's the container of your purpose. All your dreams are the mercy of your health. All your dreams are the mercy of your health. Eating good food should be a discipline. Discipline yourself to eat the right food. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey, hey, hey. Come on, are you hearing Discipline yourself. Go and learn what balanced diet is. Don't eat rice and then eat yam and then eat eba. Say, ha! I've missed it today. <laughs> no, don't do so. Hmm? And some of you like eating late at night. When normal people are eating, you don't eat that time. Seven, you will not eat. Eight, you will not eat. You now walk, walk, walk. Eleven thirty. That's when you start eating. To twelve. Every time you eat is crossover. You think it's enjoyment. You're, 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 you're harming yourself. And it's discipline that will stop it. It's discipline that will stop it. I'm telling you. Even the portion of food you eat, you need to, with wisdom. Because you see, as you are eating most food, you feel that you are, you are enjoying God has blessed you your digestive system is overburdened because it's working grinding all through the night grinding grinding you think it's a blessing say put meat there say put kanda put meat you know and you, you feel that ah man look at life and your body just saying have mercy have mercy and you are loading it loading it say chop on the person belly food nine person you know say your chop just keep eating and keep eating and keep eating Huh? So even at night, your digestive system is grinding. That's why you wake up tired. Say, but I slept. No. It's your eyes that were closed. Your whole body was at work. So you, by wisdom, begin to reduce your portion. Hmm? I know you will not say amen. Because some of you have said, no, no, no. The food I don't eat when I was small, I have vowed with my ancestors. All right, so look after your head. The next thing is favor with God. Two things you need to work on. Your prayer life and your word life. Your prayer life and your word life. Without a disciplined structure, prayer and word life, you will not amount to anything spiritually, sir. When do you pray? What time do you pray? What time do you read the word? What are you reading this month? Which book of the Bible are you flooding your heart with? God's word has the energizing power to bet your future. What book are you reading? Don't read other books and neglect the main book. Because it's the main book that will tell you what to take from other books. So you spend time in the Word. The Word of God is faith food to your spirits. Romans 10. Hearing comes by the Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God is how you build faith. That future that looks impossible, how you will enter into it is by faith. See, let me tell you, there are things I'm doing today that I entered into at a very tender age by scriptures I stumbled upon. God has helped us 
This year makes it eight years that we came into Bonnie Island. We gave out everything we had. We came here with nothing. I mean nothing. Nothing. Just the kids' clothes. But today our house is full. We've always built our, ourselves on that scripture in Deuteronomy. Your house will be filled with all good things which you did not buy. All the houses we have stayed has been furnished by that scripture. I discovered that scripture when I was young. I started praying. started declaring. started praying. started declaring. Almost everything you see in my house is, is, is that scripture that produced it. How I entered into wealth was scriptures that I studied. I knew that I had entered into that grace of supernatural financial expression where ministry is concerned. How we entered into the nations is by the word of God. How doors are opening today is by the word of God. How we break into new financial levels is by the word of God. Nothing natural about it. You stay on the word until it burns in your spirit and burns an image in your spirit. That cannot be broken by any force on the earth. Are you following this? So you stay on the word. Mark 1.35 The Bible says, while it was yet early, Jesus rose up. While it was yet dark, went to a secluded place and prayed. Jesus had a prayer time. Had a prayer place. If your master will rise up early to pray, why won't you rise up early to pray? And if you, learn, if you start praying on time, eh, your body would like to pray. For instance, if I pray and it's not up to one hour, I just feel it's no, I'm not satisfied. It looks short to me. Praying one hour is it's just commonplace. If you train your body to pray for one hour, over time, you just get used to it. You just get used to it. Hmm? Early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went to a secular place and was praying there. Praying! Jesus got up to pray. It's discipline to rise up early to pray. As you are going home now, pray. Before you own the TV, pray. Hmm? Pray. Pray. Spend some time to pray. Pray in tongues. Hold the image of your future up and pray in the spirit concerning it. Glory to God. Spend time in the word. The next thing is favor with men. I want to finish this. Favor with men. Learn to develop healthy relationships. Hmm? I'll show you this very quickly and very important. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 16 to 17, when, when Nebuchadnezzar brought that decree that if you cannot interpret this dream, I'll kill all of you. You know what Daniel said? He said, give me time. Then he went to his friends and he says, let's pray. He had friends that could pray about things like that. Do you have friends like that? Hmm? If someone is diagnosed with an incurable disease now, where will your friends say? They will rally money first. They don't even they have forgotten prayer. Do you have friends who can say, say then Daniel went to the house and informed his friends. Go to verse, verse, verse 18. Verse 18. That they might request compassion from the God of heaven concerning this mystery. So Daniel and his friends will not be destroyed. They went before the Lord and God revealed it to them. Do you have praying friends? When you go to your friend's house, what's the, what's the dominant discussion? See, one of the things I told myself this year is, listen, any friend that is not spiritual, say, I'm not helping them this year. Hmm? Because sometimes in an attempt to help friends, help friends, help friends, we're also now becoming carnal. I've, I've caught a lot of, I've, I've caught, well, they're not my friends in the first place, but I've caught a lot of people off now. I can be sending them devotional. 
But listen, we need to increase. We need to pace up. We need to stretch. Have friends that inspire you like this. In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, I want to show you something. I saw this in the office and it was really inspiring. It says, Iron sharpened iron. Right? Come on. Do you know that scripture? Iron sharpened what? So it means that iron does not sharpen wood. So, first of all, your friends have to be iron. If that's, we're assuming you are iron now. Your friends have to be iron. Then, number two, your engagement has to be what? Sharpening process. Are you being sharpened by your friend? This person you call your friend, when last did they sharpen you? I wrote something online. If after every phone conversation, you are not inspired to read more, you are not inspired to, to study more, you are not inspired to pray more, you are not inspired to live a more impactful life, forget it. You are wasting your time. You can catch up if you need to catch up. But the truth of the matter is that we are enjoying some benefits today because certain people pay the price. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We are enjoying the benefit today. You think, for instance, when God called me into ministry, I did not study, I did not read, I did not do some things, I did not discipline myself. Do you know what I'll be telling you here today? That there's somebody after your life. Eh? I'll just say this year will be good. I say this year will be good. It will be good. If you turn right, it will be good. If you turn left, it will be good. Anywhere you turn, no matter how you turn, it will be good. You know there are some preachers like that. One hour. I say it will be good. Tell your neighbor it will be good. I say tell your neighbor it will be good. I say tell your neighbor it will be good. Five minutes have gone. Then imagine if you were thank you. Imagine if you were raised in that kind of church. Then I say, let's dance. And then we'll not dance on that 30 minutes. And I say, God will open the door. I say we open the door. I say we open the door. I say we open the door. After one hour, we will all be tired. We'll say, man, that service was powerful. And then our ignorance remains the same. So what I'm saying is, you are where you are today because someone paid the sacrifice. We got independence because some young men took the destiny of the nation in their hands and said, hey, come on guys, we want independence. We were not free because young people were drinking beer. We were free because they fought for independence. When Abacha was at the helms of affairs, 1996, 1997, 1998, and then the Nadeko people came up, um, um, Rewane and Tinubu and some of all these guys, and began to, and all these people began to fight um, Abacha and Koa and all of these political activists that rose up. Ken Saruriwa and all of those people. It wasn't because they just decided, ah, what will be, will be. They stood against the government that be. So, whether we want change in the government, we want change in our lives, we want change in our community, somebody has to stand up and pay the price. The price of freedom is discipline in every area of life. Whether it's financial freedom, whether it's spiritual freedom, whether it's mental freedom, whatever freedom that people need to experience, somebody has to pay the price. Martin Luther King Jr. He was a pastor at Ebenezer Baptist Church in the U.S. And he took the heart, a dream, speech, and inspired a generation to break the yoke of appetite. And Martin Luther King Jr. and Rosa Parks and Reverend Kings all Reverend Jackson, Jesse Jackson, all stood and fought for that dream. Right. So I'm giving you a bit of politics so you understand that this thing is not just about Bible. If people want freedom, they have to pay the price. If you want to be free from poverty, you've got to pay the price of discipline. Right? So, I mean, it's up to you what you want your life to be 10 years from now. 
15 years from now, develop healthy relationships. Let me close there because we're time. Develop healthy relationships. Scan the relationships around you. Are they healthy enough? Are they pushing you towards your future? Are they challenging your potentials? Are they stretching your possibilities? Are you becoming better because of your relationship? After that chart, what is the next feeling you have? Is it a feeling of, there's got to be more. After that phone conversation, is it a feeling of, hey, come on guys, there's more to be done, there's more work. Or, you just feel like you're a superhero. You know, to some of your friends, you are the most brilliant thing that has happened to them. And if they throw you in some other class, you'll be the worst thing that has happened to that class. So you have to stretch. If you're the most intelligent amongst your friends, it's time to change and move further. Hmm? So those ones, you give them support system. You throw nets for them to come over. But you keep, keep building because there's more to our lives. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, pray for everyone here. The hand of the Lord will be upon them for good. Will inspire them into greater possibilities this year. In Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, uh, we've got seven minutes. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.